Hi, everyone. I'm Sean, and welcome to my first ever podcast of my still untitled podcast. Um, today, my friend and colleague, CJ, uh, from The Gist, who has graciously agreed to help me get my feet wet. But I guess before I make the formal introduction, I should probably let you know what, you're, what you've just signed up for for the next uh, half hour or so. My hope uh, is that this show is to provide a relevant but lighthearted collection of journeys that, that we as business owners all share, um, really to see how similar we are, how different our businesses are, but with the ultimate goal really being to help um, our listeners possibly avoid making some of those same mistakes. Um, my regular day job is running SLC Advisory Group, where I get to work with business owners that really feel like their businesses own them. Uh, and we work together to put things right. Uh, I think the show is just a natural extension of this. So uh, CJ is waiting here patiently. Um, why, don't you, uh, why don't you tell us a little bit more about yourself? Um, about, you just had me on your show a week ago, uh, yeah. which is very nice, or two weeks ago, probably. But uh, tell us a little bit more about you and the business of uh, inbound marketing. Sure. Thanks, Sean. I'm definitely excited to be doing this. Uh, especially with you. So I appreciate you having me on. Um, I grew up in Connecticut and I went to St. Bonaventure University, which is what brought me to Western New York. And immediately after graduating, I moved about 90 minutes up the road to Buffalo because I met a lot of people from Buffalo while I was going to school. I was going to grad school and I thought, you know, this would be a good place to, you know, go live somewhere else on my own. And, you know, 12 years later, here I am. I'm married. I have a couple of kids, and now I run a business here in the city of Buffalo, and I'm super happy, and uh, this is definitely, you know, my permanent home. Tell me about what inbound marketing is. I think that's an interesting segment of marketing, right? What's the difference? Like we, people talk about marketing all the time. There's all kinds yeah. of marketing, right? But I think what you do is very interesting because it's about bringing people to you instead of getting a message out, and I think that's a very yeah. interesting perspective on, on how to get your message. So traditionally speaking, most marketing is interruptive, right? Uh, ads interrupt people with messages they don't want to hear at times that they don't want to hear them. Uh, ads could still also work, right? I have worked at ad agencies before. I have designed advertising strategies, written ad copy for you know, radio and TV and print and things like that and produced ads. They can work, right? But I think one of the problems with them is the nature in which it begins the relationship, right? It begins the relationship with uh, an interruption, with an ask, with a solicitation. Uh, I think inbound marketing is inherently different in nature because what it's designed to do is first help. The idea of taking your knowledge and expertise as a person, as a consultant, as a business, uh, or some aspect of the value that you provide and packaging that and delivering it to people for free. So for example, right, like we're doing this, you, right, are, know a lot about business operations and business finance. So here you have an opportunity to talk to people, have fun, you know, uh, productive conversations where, you know, not only do people like, probably like to watch and listen to what you and the guests are saying together, but it gives you an opportunity to share your expertise and people who are listening or watching can be like, oh, you know what, that's interesting. I never thought about it that way, right? Like you are essentially advertising your business, even though you're not really advertising your business, you're giving away free information. So the whole structure of inbound marketing is meant to take your intellectual property, your knowledge and expertise, what you do best, 
put it out there in the world in a way that adds value, um, does not ask for anything in return. And if you build it the right way, whether it's you know content and other ways people can engage with you, what it's designed to do is ultimately drive more traffic to your website and your social media accounts, um, turn strangers into leads or known contacts or subscribers or people who follow along in your journey. And it is that practice of essentially building up your database, your sphere of influence or whatever, right? That enables you to really grow at scale, right? Because now what you have, you have is a, a large community of people who like you. That's really what it is. Some people might say, well, now you have a, a large audience to market to. That's true too. No, I all really about is, community, right? Community right. definitely the way to build businesses and to help grow everyone around us at the same time, right? I talk about this all the time that building communities around businesses is really a good way to foster loyalty and 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 and, and love of your business and, and what you do. And what I love about inbound marketing is let's when you first start out, let's say you get 10 subscribers and you know five of them are are your family members, right? right. Um, <laughs> That's exactly how you still produce this content and then maybe you share it, you send an email, right? To disseminate it to people, you do other things, right? Let's say over time that grows and now it's a hundred, a thousand, 10,000. The amount of time it takes you, right? To invest, to produce this content and disseminate it is the same regardless of whether it's 10 or 10,000 people. And that's the beauty of it because it enables you to uh, grow at scale. And right. when you extrapolate that to other aspects of your business, right, um, you know, enabling your sales team to sell better, to teach, lead, and close, right, to uh, delight your customers by, by adding value-added service models, taking the content that you might be creating for marketing purposes and, you know, letting your sales team use it, giving it to your customers. That's really the big thing, right? Because That's marketing that doesn't feel like it's marketing, right? It feels just like I'm... I'm learning something, I'm getting something good, right? And then all of a sudden, you just associate the name with the, with the piece of advice that you just got, right? Yeah, so exactly. Tell me, tell me something that you love about your business that you do, right? What is it that you love about what marketing? What I love making stuff. I don't think I realized how much I enjoyed just making stuff until I got a little bit older. So, you know, if anybody, you know, listens to my podcast, which is, also a podcast without a name because I'm just doing what you're doing because I like it and I'll figure the rest out later. They know that during this quarantine, I've built uh, a couple raised beds. I built a deck. I've started a podcast and now I'm working on redoing my website uh, my, for my business. So like, I just like creating stuff and, and that's what I do with Idle Hands and Idle Time. But the reality is I get to do that all the time for my clients, right? We build websites, we create content, we, you know, we shoot, we design stuff, we, you know, capture photos, we share videos, uh, build chat bots um, and, and, you know, email subscriptions, do all of these things that really enable our, our clients to, you know, uh, attract more people, engage their prospects and delight their customers in a variety of ways. And that is definitely my favorite part of my business. Do you enjoy being a business owner? Uh, not yet, really. <laughs> What, what are the things that you don't like? What are the things that you hate about being a business owner? Um, I don't, I don't like the fact that I have to do everything. <laughs> I mean, you know, all of the things like whether it be like, you know, taxes and payroll, 
um, project management, uh, operations, like all of the things that like are a, a necessary part of running a business. I don't like to do it. You know, really, I started my business because it was a vehicle. One, I always wanted to, right? So like, there's a lot of things that I love. Like when I say I don't love running a business, I mean, I love the fact that I am a business owner. Yes. Um, and uh, I love the freedom, supposed freedom it gives me. Although in the beginning, right, you're kind of, um, when you're first starting out, you're not quite as free as you think because you're so beholden to starting and growing your business. But um, yeah, I mean, I, I created it because it's a, it's a vehicle for me to make stuff. And so like, that's really what I want to be doing. And uh, over time, my plan is to bring on more people to uh, support the necessary evils of running a business. So yeah, it's, it's stressful. I work a lot right now and I don't yeah. love that. I want to spend more time with my kids. I want to go to the gym more. I want to golf more, right? Um, I can't do all those things, not nearly as much as I want to. Um, and uh, it's because it requires a lot of time. It's also hard. It's funny. People have referred to me as like, oh, you're killing it. Or as a successful business owner, da, 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 which honestly, that couldn't be further from the truth. I'm seven months into a business. Yeah. There is no way of telling if I'm a successful business owner or not. I, I am a successful marketing strategist. <laughs> right? I spent my career working for agencies um, or working for complete payroll, a payroll and HR company running that marketing department. I'm good at that. I'm really good at knowing what uh, small and medium-sized businesses should do from a marketing perspective and executing on them. It's the only reason why I'm in this position. So um, it, it could be revealed one day that I am a terrible business owner. I don't know. I'm trying not to be, but um, you know, I guess running the business is just kind of like uh, it's it's a necessary evil to do the things that I really want to do, which is execute marketing. That's what gives me energy. For me, I I never like to be like this kind of different roles in the business, right? You have the people that work on the business development. They're you know, gregarious people. They're, they go out and they're, they're natural sales people and they can, they can really sell the business, right? For me, I always liked being inside and tinkering with things too, right? So I'm, I'm the engineering type person, like numbers oriented, things like that. I really love about business is that you get to do so many different things, right? There's so many subjects that you get to cover in running a business from managing people to building things, to solving problems. Like it's like, I always think about it as this white piece of bread puzzle that's a thousand pieces. And this piece is Sally, who, who really needs to take this week off. And how do you fit that piece into, you know, John needs to get his project out on time and all these little different things, right? That you just sort of hammer into place. If I had to take a role, it would never be the, the president of the United States. It would be like the president's chief of staff, right? That's what I love about the business end of things. You get to play different roles and be able to do those things. Yeah. But, uh, to do it as a, as a single business owner, to combine all of those things, it really forces you to uh, really stretch yourself. And, and you, don't, you don't get to, um, to enjoy what it is that you build for a long time, right? You talked about things that you dislike, right? Um, what, what are kind of things that you say you're seven months old, right? So what kind of things have happened along the way that you really wish that you would have known when you were starting your business or things that you would have liked someone to have helped you avoid, like watch out for this or don't get caught up in this or... So I think one big thing would be um, just like the precision with which I manage internal activity, like is really important. Tracking time. I have, you know, a, a number of clients. For every client, uh, it could either be we're doing a single project with them 
or you know that that client could be you know engage the gist as like their committed outsource marketing partner in which case there's a lot of projects so there's always more projects than there are clients and so um and every project is a you know is is different right could be developing a website could be doing email marketing and lead nurture building out marketing automation doing social media um you know a project a sales related like a lot of stuff right and so um <clears throat> There's me, and then there's my extended team of collaborators and, and experts who do all this stuff. And, um, you know, there's time invested in, in doing projects. And with each project, there's also overhead, right? Because, you know, it costs more than just time to build certain things and do certain things. So when I first started, I didn't, like, I, I, I didn't really have, like, the... I thought I did. I thought I had a clear plan for, you know, you know profit and loss and project management and, you know... Um, basically managing all, all of the, the subcategories and tasks within projects, but realizing how important that was and how strict I need to be uh, was definitely eye-opening. And now I'm starting to see the benefits of it, even though I'm still not as good as it uh, at it as, as I want to be. But here's the other thing too, uh, realizing that it's never going to be my natural strength and hiring somebody to do that. There's a, there's a natural, like people like numbers, people don't like numbers, I think, but you have to have a, at least an interest in it. Right. I, I found a lot of people that really just, they shy away from it. And as long as the business is making money, it covers up all kinds of sins, right? I'm making money. Yes. So I don't have to worry about it, but it's when things start to get squeezed that people all of a sudden, Oh my God, I should have done this all along and go back and trying to fix things. But, um, it's nice that you're aware of these things like right away at the very beginning though. I mean, seven months in people are usually just still trying to perfect their product. Honestly, like I, when I think about things like, um, you know, taking on in investment capital or something like that, which I don't plan to do. Cause I just don't like, I just don't like the feeling of being in debt, mm. but sometimes um, I shouldn't say sometimes I see so many areas in my business where I'd be like, oh, I can hire somebody to do this. this. Like there, if I could make, let's say like three or four full-time hires, like I see a path for how this could really scale. So like sometimes I'd be like, man, it would be sweet to just like have a bunch of money and then dump it into this and hire these people because like there's, it's, it's really out of recognition of all of the things that I'm just not that good at, right? Or just like make me feel like, I just don't enjoy doing, they, they drain me. Um, yeah, I think though, if you think about what's your highest, best use, right, CJ? I mean, if, if you think you can support three people, if your highest, best use is to go out there and sell your business and you can generate the business that's going to be able to support three people plus make a profit, then definitely take on some debt, right? Business is a risk, right? But is it, it's managed risk, right? So that's yeah. what I tell people all the time. It's worth it for you to spend a little bit of money so that you just get over a hump and then, then you're freer. I mean, the whole idea is we don't want to get buried by our businesses. The more we grow... Yeah the more we get buried by our businesses and then we, we hate them. Right. And this is what my business is all about. Help people that love their exactly business. Right. What you are all about, which um, I think your model is, is incredible. Um, or at least the, I don't know much about your model per se, but like what you do is incredible. Your new website is great. Thank you. Right. I forget the exact term that you use, but basically like run a business that you love, right. Yeah, business of, you actually love to own. Because yes. secretly, I think a lot of business owners really hate their businesses, right? They don't want to get up in the morning. They don't want to go deal with it. They're buried. They're, they're losing sleep at night. You know, without a doubt. everybody said, right? What? Without a doubt. I mean, you just asked me, I'm like seven months in, I'm supposed to be in the honeymoon phase. And you were like, you know, 
do you like running a business? And my first answer was no. <laughs> I mean, I was, I think I was being a little bit overly dramatic, but um, it's, it's not unfounded. It's hard and parts of it are annoying. And you know what a big part of it is, is because I haven't quite gotten to the point where my business is as organized or operationally sound as it could be. And it is more running me than the other way around. Yeah, because that, you have, to, you have to have that in mind, right? Ahead of time. People, they go to run their businesses, but they have to think three or four steps ahead. If I do this, what's going to happen, right? And um, really what, what, a, what an advisor is and what you do for marketing and what I do for, for business advice or what I do for you know, finances is just, you're just further along. So you're just really just guiding people a little bit. Take this step instead of this step and you won't fall in the mud. If you, if you were to give um, either a new business or a gr business that's growing, because you're growing fast, right? So um, what, what piece of advice would you give to somebody to um, watch out for uh, as your business is growing fast? Document processes, because Document processes. time is the ultimate fixed asset, right? Everybody has the same, it's one resource. Everybody will always have the same amount of. So uh, if you are growing fast, the, you can only spend so much time. When you run out of time, uh, assuming you're charging enough for your services, you're going to have to bring somebody on to help and take on some of the work, which means you're going to have to assign things to them, right? That's great. Now, yeah. how, when you go about doing this, how are you going to teach them? I've been in so many situations where, because like I work with, uh, I have a couple of people that help me part-time and, um, you know, I want to assign tasks. Sometimes I've literally... When I wanted to assign a task, I did not document it. And when it came time to do it and it needed to be done within the next day or two, I just thought, you know, rather than taking all the time to document it and then send it to them and then wait, I'm like, I'll just do it myself. Yeah. And I'm just further perpetuating the problem. So I think documenting, documenting processes are incredibly important. I agree. Um, not only will it help you assign tasks to other people, but it's really also the first step to creating more operational efficiency overall and allowing you to, to essentially audit your own uh, procedures and yeah. figure out ways that you can improve. Yeah, because you want trust, right? Trust that the person's doing it right. And so I, I always call this the, the what would CJ do? Like WWCJD, right? So if you have that little thing, right? What, what would CJ do? That way you know when you pass along that to the person that's coming in, you can trust them that they're doing it and making the decisions that you would make. Absolutely good way to make sure that you're freeing your mind. Yeah. But that's also if I could add to that, what would CJ do? Yeah. That's a good starting point. As long as they know that CJ fully recognizes that there may be better ways to do it. And yes. if there are, then, you know, you know, go put CJ in a corner and say, sorry, buddy, we'll, we'll take it from here because this is going to be better. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? I think that's, that's a good point. That's a good point. Not to the exclusion of everything else, but yes, that's a good point. That's a great piece of advice. Document things as you go along. So A, you don't forget what worked for you, right? And remember, be able to go reference it and as we move away from things and uh, get buried by other things. Um, Let me ask you something, Sean. What, that, can I ask you what, you what you would say in the same situation? What would be your piece of advice? What would I give people that are growing? I think it's to breathe, right? So we, when we grow really, really fast, we get excited, right? And then we start making decisions about the shiny object syndrome, right? I think we start pulling in all kinds of great ideas, but they don't, those ideas don't really get us to where we want to be. When I, when I work with businesses, people always start with their end goal, right? I always like the, the process of reverse engineering. 
Somebody wants to have a life when they're no longer running their business, right? Some people want to run a little bit of their business all when they end, but the, the process is at the very end, if we're going to keep ourselves from being buried by businesses, it's about not chasing all of the little baubles that come along the way. So what's the difference between a good decision and a great decision? Is this really going to take me to my end goal? Or is it really just a distraction that's going to, that looks good, makes me a lot of extra money, but again, it's extra money, right? Is it the money that I need for my goal? So this is, this is what I think my biggest advice to owners as they build it, if they want to keep enjoying their businesses as they grow, lifestyle business or a corporation, right? There's a big difference between the two, but it's really shed, um, shed the extraneous. It doesn't really get you to where you want to be at the end of it, at the end of the journey. That's, yep. that's really good advice. You also talked about like when people are growing fast, like just the way, um, you know, just the way growth works, right? You, you'll never, the, the rate at which you grow in the first year or two or three is, is not sustainable. No. Uh, but as people, not just business, but people in general, we have recency bias, right? Yep. Uh, we think that whatever is happening now is going to always happen, good, bad, or indifferent. So when you were just saying that, uh, it was a nice little reminder to me to be like, hey, remember, try not to get caught up in recency bias. That's why we have people like you, so you can kind of keep us grounded and make sure that we're making the right. Yeah, we just sit on your shoulder here. It says, yep, slow down, right? That's right. That's right. Look at the big picture. Thank you. Thank you, CJ, really, for a great time. Had a ball. Um, and thanks great. to awesome. everyone for spending time, right? We're, I don't want to keep everybody in their busy days and, and, and yours, too. Um, but, uh, if you want to make sure that you don't miss another one of these, everybody, um, I and want to learn more about CJ's business or mine. Uh, I'll have links attached somewhere, uh, along here by whoever's going to wind up editing this thing for me. And, um, again, thanks for everything, CJ, and, and look to look forward to see you again soon. Man. Thanks, Sean. I appreciate it. Have a great day. Yeah, me too.